Shut up and sit down. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Third Shift episode 250. And you know, it's a big, momentous number. 250, it's a big number. Most podcasts don't get to episode two. We're at 250. And you know, when we started the podcast, we went, hmm, you know, in about four, four, five-ish years, we can hit episode 250, like, right after E3 of 2021. What do you think, Eric? And Eric went, yeah, that sounds great. Hang on, let me confirm your calculations. He went, yep, actually, actually, let's delay it one week, because that'll guarantee, even if anything kind of weird delays hit, and life goes wickety-wackety-wompity, we'll, we'll definitely hit it. We did it, Eric! I know. Our quantum calculations were correct. You know, we knew, we knew COVID was coming. We knew there was going to be problems. We knew it. We had it all planned out to the T. <laughs> uh, if we were any better, we'd be triplets. God damn right, Eric. And you heard him. He's my co-host, because I am the host host with the mo-host. I am your funky leader, the greatest man who's ever lived. It's me, it's Matt. With me as always, it's my buddy, the light bearer, the light bringer, the light bearer, bringer, the beastmaster, third shift. It's Eric. That's the smoothest I've ever done it. I'm so hyped for this episode. It's going to be so much fun, but we got to start the episode proper. We can't just jump into the cool stuff. We got to talk about, well, we might be talking about cool stuff too, Eric. What you do this week? How was your week? Gosh bless everybody. I told you I was doing a floor and we did the floor. It was a lot of work. It was crazy work. It was fun work. Well, I don't know about that part, but it was work. It was something. And the floor is done. Now we got to get the trim up and then voila, never again will I have to screw with that. It's a wonderful, beautiful thing. We got family visiting. So here and there doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Unfortunately, of course, I got to keep going to work every single day. So that that doesn't change much. But beyond all that, I have had a little chance to sneak in a little bit of brand new Final Fantasy Integrate, the beautiful little DLC they brought out where Yuffie is the main character that you are controlling. And of course, she has a sidekick, Sonan, who wasn't in the original at all, but I'm sure we're going to find out what happens to him and how she meets up, of course, with the main team. Now, I was unsure how they were going to handle this. I thought maybe this was going to be like a post they leave. She comes in and goes and does all sorts of stuff. But it's right in the middle of the whole avalanche escapade. So you, because I, I thought the easy way out, of course, was, oh, they're already gone. So you won't run into any characters. There won't be any issues. Yeah, yeah. But no, where they placed it's perfect because it's right in that spot where Cloud falls through, gets taken, you know, falls to the church, meets Aerith. You know, spoiler alert, oh, 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 gosh. And anyway, while he's gone and the others are back doing whatever, you never knew because obviously you're Cloud in the main game, so you're just doing what you do, and then when you get back, everybody's already done stuff. You get to take control of Yuffie while she's in Midgar in the middle of that. So she's over here seeing, uh, you know, the different characters, Jesse and them, doing their own thing and gets to talk and interact in a way with them, and it's just super cool. It's so neat how, like... You'll see, you're seeing these timelines cross in such a fashion that it works, and it's totally plausible, especially since the outcome of Jesse and them, you know, would have never had a moment where they could have been like, oh, we met this crazy chick named Yuffie, da da da. Because you just like come in while the big thing is happening. Yes, and they're like, exactly. Hey, we were trying to do a thing. Uh, yeah. Yep. So it all plays out really cool. It's so far, it's awesome. It's super short, though. I was told it's only about four hours, and I'm about two and a half, three hours in. And I can see where it's going. I can, you know, I feel like I'm already probably at the 
the big dungeon, you know what I mean? The final area or whatever you want to call it. But I feel like there's so much more to do. And that's where I'm I'm super excited and happy, but I'm also very sad because I feel like this is just a taste. I feel like you're not going to max out Yuffie right now, obviously, and get to use all sorts of awesome abilities. You're going to just get to learn how to use her as you would know how to use your other characters. And then obviously it's going to dump and be over and then you'll get her as a main character when Final Fantasy VII Part Two comes out. I was thinking, man, they're going to do Episode One of Final Fantasy VII Remake and then a little bit of this and then Episode Two of that and then a little bit more of this. But you you can go get her. And well, I guess it'll depend on when they decide to have her join the team. Uh, from what I hear, she's going to join at the end of this DLC. Oh, okay. And then if you bought the DLC, you'll have her in Part 2. And if you didn't buy the DLC, you just won't have her in Part 2. Hmm, okay. So this this section will not just have happened for you. Which also makes sense, because if you just go by the main storyline, Cloud has no idea who she is. The others that did meet her are all, well, you know, different. Gone on their own paths, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And, uh... That's that. So it, it all connects. But you do run into her in the in the regular main game if you choose to. So in the old school game, you find her in the forest. Yes, right. and you can you can either yeah you can choose to get her or you can never get her. Yeah. So in the same way, this one instead of just being tied behind a random encounter in a forest, it's tied no, behind it's you paying, paying thirty dollars. Great. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the way the world works. But yeah, I've I've uh, it's just incredible, man. I mean, it's gorgeous. The music is just phenomenal, which you can, you already knew it's a Final yeah. Fantasy game. The music's going to be just top notch. Everything about it, the, just the world you're in, everything going on, just this, the Midgar itself, it's all beautiful. It's all wonderful. Yuffie, she's just a goofball, crazy chick. You know, she's young, saying stupid things, but that's what you'd expect. Sonin, her sidekick, is like an older dude kind of looking out for her, but letting her take the lead. So it's that kind of cool, chill guy in the background just kind of throwing hints out here and there. Like, hey, maybe, you know, maybe don't do that. Oh, you did it. Okay, well, I guess we're going to suffer. All right, rock and roll. And I, and I dig it. It's a fun little relationship that they got going there. I laugh and have a good time with it and know that she's just going to be ridiculous and do the, the wrong thing every time. And that's what it is. And then, of course, the main baddie is Scarlet. So it's cool getting to see more of her and what the hell she's up to and what she's all about. And I don't even remember to tell you the truth in the original games. Like Scarlet's around a long time, or if you ever even hear about her after the main little stint. So I don't, I don't know what her outcome's going to be. To be honest, it's going to be a surprise for me. I don't really remember either. Like I, I remember her like kind of being in that rotation of the Turks. Like oh, mm-hmm. it's Scarlet's turn, and then they do the slap fight thing, and that's all I remember literally. So. Hey, even I get surprised here. It's super cool. And that's what I've been up to this week. What about you, Matt? Well, I almost forgot about it. I didn't put it on the show notes, but I went and saw The Conjuring. The Devil Made Me Do It at my favorite cinema, Regal. And it's it's a weird thing because I've never been a Conjuring movie person when all the, you know, the whole franchise has come and gone. And I was like, ah, eh, you know, watching like jump scare movies really isn't my thing. And then randomly mom was like, one weekend, hey, I'm watching all the Conjuring movies and like Animal movies and the whole universe thing. She went, you want to watch them? I went, yeah, sure. Watched them all. Had a pretty good time with most of them. You know, some are better than others. Mm. I still like The Nun better than pretty much all of them. That's the only one I haven't seen. Oh, that one's so good. <laughs> it's so, I feel like that one's so different. Like, yeah, don't spoil it because I do, I do like The Conjuring. So I, yeah. I always end up watching them just whenever I can piecemeal them on Netflix or whatever. I feel like The Nun is more like over the top. 
and kind of uh-huh. like zanier, which is why I liked it. It had like more energy of just like fun, crazy stuff happening. Oh, okay, gotcha. And then The Devil Made Me Do It was pretty damn good, too. Lots of crazy stuff happening. And I can't spoil anything. I'm not going to talk too much about it, but I had a good time at the movie theater. I went, ooh, ah, there's a jump scare. Ah, scary. And then there'd be like some cool, like tense moments running around doing the things. Good stuff. I enjoyed it. On the video game front, Animal Crossing New Horizons, I play it every day. That's not much to say. I got the itch for like a villager hunt. I want somebody to move out so I can go around, you know, finding new villagers and doing new stuff. But the only people who want to move out are my two coolest dudes. Lucha, my luchador bird, and Egbert, my big lazy chicken dude, who've been around since the beginning. Can't give those guys up. So somebody else, hey, somebody else got to move out. Why are you holding these two people hostage? They want to leave your town, man. They, they they got better things to do. They want to improve their life. They don't and know what like they really want. They don't know what they want. You're, you're doing what's best for them. And also, my place is paradise. Egbert has a whole pumpkin farm and turnip farm that he lives on. He's going to go to someone else's house. Yo, if you, you visit these other islands, they don't even give him a yard. It's just like house, 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 plunked all in a row. And they're like, oh, look over here. I got this big old area. He doesn't even have a life. He just lives in like a row house. That's not how to live. Uh-uh. Live on the farm. You know, Lucha, he's got a big like carnival thing set up. He runs the casino. Come on, he's not going to do that anywhere else. No, it's true, it's true. He's going to be a second-rate citizen somewhere else. They're the princes of my island. Obviously, uh-huh. I'm the king. But I play that every day and have a great time. And then, since we stopped playing Near Replicant, I was in need of a fix. You know, I do the daily challenges in Slay the Spire and have a good time with that. But I was like, man, I need... I need something, and I looked at all my crossbars, every single one of them, and nothing was hitting the spot. And I went, gosh, golly gee, Willikers. And I scratched my chin. You know, I got the, got the double scratch. And I went, you know what? Here's what I'll do. I started playing an Ace Attorney game. I hear you out there. You're saying, hey, but there's another one that was revealed at E3 that's coming right around the corner. And I went, no, I'll play this Ace Attorney game from 2016, I believe. And you go, well, you've played all the Ace Attorney games. What are you doing? This is a fan game. I somehow got wind of it, and I Googled it, and I was like, oh, there's a whole fan game somebody made. And I was like, I'm sure this will not be any good, even though there's a whole like thread on the fan game board saying how great it is, and you know, it's like got 30 pages of all these people. I downloaded it. It's fantastic. It's like... It, it is a Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney game, like from the ground up. I mean, obviously they reuse assets and things, but there are new characters, and the art's not quite as good, but the stories so far, I've gone through three cases so far, are phenomenal. Like almost as good as some endgame cases for normal Ace Attorney games. It I, I can't believe how good it is and how much fun I have with it. It's one of those games where I stay up too late every time I play. I come home and like, all right, let me do my thing, do my Animal Crossing. What do I want to do right now? I want to play Ace Attorney. Get on, get on my computer, clickety-clacking, presenting evidence, oh, investigating crime scenes. Oh, my God, what's the twist going to be in this one? Oh, this one I kind of know, but they also threw in a little bit of another twist. But even if I do know the twist, it's told so well. And, you know, they're using the music. They're using new music. They're using new sound effects and new characters. Oh, God, it's so good. I love it. It's fantastic. It's been a great week. Oh, my God. Jeez, oh pizza. Sounds like it, man. Oh, sounds like it. And you know what? It's also been a great week because there was a little thing called uh, Summer Games Fest, E3. All that took place in the course of this week. While, while we were talking, doing things, building floors, playing video games, going to see movies, E3 happened. All right? Everything everybody had been waiting for, this new digital version, whatever they decided to set up, it, it took place. 
And before we talk about all the cool games, before we talk about what, what we like and what we didn't like, and of course we got to touch on Gearbox's showing at Summer Games Fest, which we did see before the show last week. But I want to mm-hmm. bring it up a little bit tied in with the E3 showcase that they had. Talk about that for a minute too. But before all that, as a whole, E3 this year presented in a digital form. Do you think that this is something they should do going forward, or do you still uh, really prefer that they get back down to the three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that's it, all coming together, doing the shows, and handling business? I am 100% torn on this, because I loved E3 this year. I had a blast. I liked that it was just, we're coming out and we're presenting in whatever format we want or as best as we can, here's all the things. And there wasn't a lot of BS and nonsense. It was infamous. It was memeable. Like two years ago during the Bethesda conference and reveal, like literally everything. Oh, standing ovation, round of applause for something nobody cares about. Or just a guy or told a, a really lame joke. Mm-hmm. Oh, the greatest thing I've ever heard. So there was none of that here because it was all digital. And I love that. There was no BS, no nonsense. But at the same time, when they did reveal something really cool and awesome, there wasn't that. (gasps) And people actually legitimately going nuts for a real reason. So I'm, I'm completely torn. I loved this E3 because there wasn't nonsense. But the only person who could get hype was me in my room. And I didn't feel like I was part of a thing, even though I was the digital person. You know what I'm saying? I get you. Now, I also am a bit torn on this, and it's hard to judge because, for a couple of reasons, I was extremely busy this week, so I didn't get to sit down and actually watch any of these live as they happened. Yeah. And so, I'm telling you, yeah, it's all digital. Yeah, when you see it, you see it, and that's your first time, so that should be your... It's It's not, though. No. It's not. When I watched it eight hours after everybody else had already seen all the news and IGN had already posted all the trailers up for you just to check out, it didn't hit the same. So I can't judge it 100% this year because I just I wasn't able to keep up. And now the other reason beyond being busy I couldn't keep up was because I do prefer digital. I think this is the better route. However, I do think they need to condense it down to like they did with the real E3s into a two, three-day top thing. So that way it's not like a four or five day event of stuff spread out because I don't have time. Even I I don't have time to sit there and be like, oh, well, Monday from four to six, I got to watch this one. Tuesday from two to three, then from four to five, I got to watch this one. Wednesday from three to four and then five to seven. Then I I don't, I can't do that. There's no way. But if you condensed it down and said, hey, just these two days, we're packing everything in. Then I can look at my schedule and go, all right, here we go. These three hours, daddy's going to sit in front of that computer, and that's the, that's the end of the story. That's true. And I feel like they need to condense it down anyway because there were, you know, there was usually one or two big conferences per day, but the rest was, and I'm not going to say people don't deserve the spot, but like, why are some of these things on the official E3 channel? Oh, I'm going to give you some examples. <laughs> there were some cool things that I picked out here and there, but I looked at it and like, you and I did it. When the schedule was announced, we looked at it and went, who are these people? What is this group? What is Cock Media? I don't even know. What do they do? Mm. Yeah. You brought up one of the the most biggest offenders. Coke Media, Cock Media, Koch Media, whatever. They pronounce it different ways. Everybody says it different. What the hell? I, I don't even know what the hell was talked about. I have no idea. It was confusing. made no sense. 
I'm like, what are you doing here? You could just explain whatever game as some other thing. There's no reason for it. Now, that one didn't even offend me the most. Because since I already expected it to be something I didn't care about, I wasn't upset. I didn't even watch that one. We talked about it, and I was like, I need to watch it and see what it is. But it was one of those, we did the podcast because they were on that first day, and I just never went back because by the time I could go back, it was already the day of Ubisoft and like big stuff. So I had to watch that and, you know, go and see the movie, play games on my own. That wasn't one to circle back to. So I don't even know what they talked about because I didn't watch it because... They fell in the they fell in the pile of they had just devs just talking and talking and talking and talking roundabouts about nothing basically in a nutshell and that but that wasn't the worst offender to me mm-hmm. all right so let me let me name the one that really bugged me and then the one that bugged me but was still good and I'll tell you why uh-huh. Capcom Capcom's it was terrible they said and did nothing. They had this talking hat lady who had no idea about anything. She's just she was the perfect Devolver Digital joke of just a smiling lady. And we here at Capcom love games. Games are so good. Look at this game. Showing nothing, showing no new games. They said, "We have a we have a Resident Evil 8 Village DLC that we're going to do." Nothing else. There was no footage. There was not even a head. There was not even a title. It was just we're gonna do DLC for Resident Eight. Well, no crap. You already announced that weeks ago. What? What are you here for? I mostly agree, but since they showed off Ace Attorney stuff and that blew my mind, which I'll mention when we get to what things we really loved, I totally hundred percent gets a pass because watching that, I was bouncing up and down in my chair and clapping my little hands together. I transformed into like a little schoolgirl and went. <laughs> gonna play that pretty soon but i agree i didn't like the way they presented it because i mean she didn't even talk to devs or anything she was just i'm a spokesperson here we are capcom's cool guys let's check out what we're doing with esports so i I agree but they get a pass because they showed off one of my favorite game series but that's the thing is even the ace attorney stuff was already talked about and announced but I hadn't seen it. Yeah, and that's true. They showed you some stuff for that one. Yeah, the two new systems that are in that one that Americans have never gotten to play with unless uh-huh. you did a fan sub version. So, so I'll, yeah, there's a little something for the Ace Attorney fans then. Yeah. But for everyone else, there was nothing. She just talked about their ideas and things they're going to do with no like no actual imagery, no actual content. And I was just like, mm-hmm. you wasted my time. I just sat here and watched this, excited, because I always watch Capcom, excited, mm-hmm. because someday my dream's going to come true. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's going to come true someday. Someday, Breath of Fire. It's going to be that lady. <laughs> Guys, Capcom loves you, and you thought we didn't love RPGs? Well, we do. And in fact, we have one of the best ones ever made, Breath of Fire 6. Check this out. And then she's going to, woo. <laughs> See, and she'll totally redeem herself. Yeah. And then I'll like her. I was supporting of your Breath of Fire fantasies last year, so this year I'm coming back down hard with the Iron Gauntlet. No, Eric, it's never going to happen. That's all right. <laughs> well, you know, Capcom can just be dead to me until, until the Resident Evil DLC, because it was really good. So we won't <laughs> talk about that. But the last one, which ties in to one that disappointed me, but I still liked, the Gearbox. Yeah. Because it's, they fell into the same thing. They talked about absolutely nothing new. They At the Summer Games Fest, they'd already revealed the Tiny Tina Wonderlands and show, mm-hmm. showed you all sorts of video and stuff, which they just rehashed 
in this E3 conference showcase than it was Randy Pitchford on the set of the movie, which that's fine. That's cool. Yeah. And it was even kind of neat. You know, it was enjoyable. He was going around talking to people. I will say I liked the first part of it better because he was literally like on the active set. You could see a car on like a big gimbal behind him. And I was like, okay, they're doing, you know, obviously there's lots of green screen, but there's like physical props and things that they're Mm going to interact with. And I was like, oh, I can't wait to see more like accidental behind the scenes stuff. And then they stopped doing that. And then the second half was, hey, let's not show you guys anything. We can't show you anything at all. And that's what was bugging me. And that's why, like, I liked it. I thought it was neat. All right. But a couple things bugged me about it. First off, it was cool. It was like you said, when Randy was there on set and they were blurring stuff and not showing some of the things, but you could see some props. And then he was mm-hmm. talking to Eli, which was neat. And you could tell Eli was super excited. Yeah. And here's where it kind of got weird because Eli was totally cool. He was like, oh, yeah, you, you want to show him like the thing or to go do this? And he kept going, oh, we can't. Oh, we can't. Oh, we can't. Oh, we can't. And then like in the second half, oh, sh- sh- keep the camera straight. You can't show this. Can't do that. Can't do that. And he's like, oh, why is the director cool? And everybody's like, hey, you want to show him like an actual real proper? Oh, you want to go show him like, you know, this character? And oh, no, 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 no. Why even bother then if you can show absolutely nothing? Like, what was the point beyond you just being excited about the movie and just – Wanting us to know you're there at the set, which led me to the last part that was weird. The movie wrapped a month ago. Shooting was like a month ago. Oh, really? So this video had to have been done a month and a half or so ago. And so it's just, and, and it, this happens all the time. So I'm not like saying right. this was, you know, anything wrong. But knowing that the movie is already done, wrapped a while back, I'm like, I'm watching footage of Randy talking about E3 from a month ago. This is weird. And he's, of course, acting like like we're all right there. We're all right here at E3. Just, oh, hey, everybody, I'm right here on set. And you guys are there watching E3 right now. Look at it. And I'm like, no, that no, you taped that a month ago because I saw uh, the Tiny Tina actress post weeks and weeks ago that she was back home. You know, production was all finished. Everything was over. So I'm like, huh, that's, that's really weird. Oh, man, it's just messed with my brain a little bit. I enjoyed it, but I, I agree it was weird. I just feel like if you can't show stuff, then they should have just cut that that ending piece off. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you, you literally said it. Eli went, yeah, let's go show him the thing. And we're going to record this for the behind-the-scenes footage anyway, so why not give him a sneak peek? And it was like, no, 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 no. Don't, don't. Look over here. Hey, don't anyway, worry. guys, uh, see you later. I was like, you could have just cut to him just in front of that green screen wall and just be like, hey, so that's it. Can't show you too much else. Why show that you wanted to show, but then didn't? I get it. Maybe there's concerns or, you know, written agreements here, but it felt so awkward to not cut that. If you're not going to show it, just don't show us that part. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, that that kind of came across weird. And then his last part there, uh, talking with Kevin Hart, that was cool. Mm-hmm. I think Kevin Hart really just bought, brought some charisma and made that piece like really cool and, yeah. and neat. But you could also kind of tell he was like surprised. It almost felt like he was surprised. Like, what the hell is Randy Pitchford here with a camera talking to me for? What's happening? But he played it off, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I felt like he was there in his Roland costume, just chilling in his trailer, waiting for the go sign. And they were like, hey, knock, knock, knock. You got to put on this big puffy Giant, jacket heavy so we can't jacket. see anything. <laughs> okay. Uh, hey. Uh, hmm. But I agree. He was pretty cool. I would like more of that stuff. Just Randy Pitchford and talking to people on set. Maybe they'll start dripping that out, you know, as it gets closer to actually being released. 
But I feel like that would be cool. Behind the scenes stuff with Randy, because obviously we know Randy, we've seen him a million times, but interacting with these professionals, charismatic people, comedians, all these crazy mm-hmm. people we don't get we don't get to hear from. Except for just as a character, yeah, yeah. most of the time. So all that was really neat. And I will say the Tribes of Midgard stuff, really cool. Mm-hmm. That was a nice uh, showcase of what the hell you're doing in that game and how it's operating. And I'm mixed on it because it looks great and fun. I, I think I would enjoy playing it. But it's definitely starting to look like you need a tribe. Mm-hmm. And it's like that joke me and you talked about, whereas I'm like, oh, yeah, me and Matt as a tribe trying to play, uh-huh. we're doomed. We're doomed. Our village is going to be destroyed every single time. The tree is going to be burned to the ground every time we log on. I can already feel it in my bones. And I feel like this is another instance where we've been so close to these things for so long that when they go, hey, we're showing off some Tribes of Midgard stuff, I looked at it and I went, yeah, I, yeah, I get it. I know. The same thing with, you know, a little bit of the homeworld. They teased out a little bit more stuff, and we don't know homeworld that well. Yeah. But a lot of the stuff that they showed and talked about, it was like, yeah, that's what I figured, because... The homeworld one was... That was a weird one. I didn't like that setup at all. Them doing these weird snippets. Yeah. And on top of those snippets were part of the last year's, like, Game Awards stuff, I think. It was just them going... Yeah, we haven't done a new home world in da-da-da years, and we knew we had to get together and make it work. And I'm like, I swear that exact thing was said like at the last presentation. I'm like pretty sure that you just kind of clipped that in throughout the conference for this. But if you're just a regular normal human who didn't tune into a Gearbox press conference like we have to to report on it, it's all new to you. Same thing with mm-hmm. Tribes of Midgard. Most people, I'm sure, have probably never even heard of it. So it's super cool for them, but it was one of those instances of like, I got my pen and paper out and I was ready for so much new stuff, and there wasn't a lot of new stuff to, to talk and get excited about because we know it. Mm-hmm. And, and then lastly with the Godfall. Uh, you know, I didn't know. I, we knew there was a DLC coming, but we yeah. didn't know when. So, you know, that was like, oh, cool. All right. They're going to get the DLC. Then on top of it, talked about the Primal update that they posted in there and then how they're bringing it to the PS4. And it's going to be cross play between everybody. And I was like, OK, that's cool stuff. You know, I appreciated that. It wasn't nothing like you said, it wasn't nothing I didn't know. But that little bit of added extra information that we didn't know on top of just seeing it again and hoping, you know, it can do well and. Have its day to shine is always nice. And I think the PS4 release is 100% a great idea because obviously the PS5 install base is not as big as they want it to be. And then out of that install base, you're fighting for you know screen time on an actual PS5. But whereas everybody has a PS4, mm-hmm. and here's a new thing to slot right in there, so why not do why it? Why not? Yeah. I agree with that. It does take away from the exclusiveness of PS5, though, but that's a conversation for another day. We're not talking about that today. So those were the ones, there was a couple others, but those were the ones that kind of, I'm like, Gearbox was neat, but I feel like that was more, it almost was like like a PAX kind of conference. You know, like that's something Mm -hmm. you'd show at PAX. It didn't feel like an E3 conference. E3 conferences until now have always just been new game, new game, new game. Look at this thing. You didn't, we knew, you knew this game, but look, here's a new trailer and a release date. Or, you know what I mean? It was always new, fresh, fresh, fresh. Whereas with that, with Gearbox in particular, it just felt like they were like, hey, we're Gearbox. You guys know, you know, the ones that are here in this conference with us know and love us. And here's what we're about. Here's what we're doing. And I was like, oh, that doesn't really fit the E3 
kind of vibe. That's fair, but at the same time, Gearbox isn't as big a company as all these other ones. They have like a couple things in the stew pot to stir around. They don't have so many things on the fire that they can just be like, yeah, check that out. Check that That's out. True. Check yeah, that they out. Can't, they then, can't throw out every omelet. Because then next year, what are you going to say? Oh, they just sold off all the stuff we just saw last year. They should have just been on the Summer Games Fest, showed Wonderlands, made that hot, which they did, and then just walked away. Like, I think coming back for an encore, but with nothing to show, I think was the wrong move. I think all it did was made people start to go, oh, what? Oh, here's, it's Gearbox again. Oh, it's crazy Gearbox. What are they up to? Oh, they're showing us the same trailers they already showed us. Oh, sh- all right. That's strange. Cool, Gearbox. I think it was fine because it was only 30 minutes. If it was like an hour, like, hey, it's time for the Gearbox showcase, and then they didn't show anything for an hour. It was a quick hitter. I mean, it's like Bandai Namco. They talked about literally mm-hmm. one thing and disappeared. And then disappeared. They didn't even say, hey, we're Bandai Namco. They just went, look, here's a dev. Talk about your game, dev. I did it. Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks. Bye. Hey, like I said, there's other offenders, but I don't. I wasn't going to get into all of them. I just want to talk about Gearbox a little extra since you know we cover that one mostly. I, I was just pointing it out because you don't see a lot of people hating on it because it was just this big. Oh, well... The podcasts I listened to are all said Gearbox had the worst showcase ever, period. So, yes, there's a lot of them talking about Gearbox. And I'm like, ah, god dang it. But you know everybody in the industry, and I'm big using big air quotes. Yeah, exactly. They all hate Gearbox hate and Randy Pitchford. Randy. And, and nobody ever gets over Aliens, Colonial Marines, because I was mm-hmm. so excited. I, I watched something just the other day, and they were still they were still talking about it. They used that as an example of... You know, hype versus reality. That and Duke Nukem Forever, yeah. Forever. But Always. Who, who cares? Who even remembers it? You don't really. You don't really. You just want... Not you, but they no, yeah. just want they, to remember it to hate. That's all. To bring up a talking point. Yes, yeah. I agree with you, but it just bugs me. Because they wouldn't even have had that opportunity if they'd have just done that awesome, sweet trailer, which they did for the Wonderlands, and said, drop the mic and out. Then I wouldn't mm. have had to hear about it on every show this week about oh, they came in strong but then classic gearbox <laughs> ruined it all and i'm like oh, oh god that's dang it. that's the podcast's fault be positive yeah. i enjoyed it it was a little goofy and a little strange at some well, point well that's what but... that's what i was trying to put i know i know i was criticizing it but like i told you on the head of it i enjoyed it i yeah. liked it it just felt weird where it was i was just like well this doesn't seem like your typical e3 thing but i it was fun. I liked I liked the interviews. I liked the Tribes of Midgard stuff. So I'm like, this has a place, and I enjoyed it. I don't see why everyone's like mad, but I do get where the new game vibe thing was going with it. Okay, I, I get you now. If it was like a check out what's new at Gearbox randomly in mid-July, we're just going to post up a fun update thing. We're doing some silly stuff, and it's Gearbox. Mm-hmm. I get what you're saying now. Yeah. So all right, with all the crap out of the way, now... For the next half hour, we dig into just games and games and games. I don't care where you want to go with this. I don't have any particular order. I got so many games here that I thought were interesting and cool looking. So, you know, shoot, shoot, man. I, 
I have, I have a million things. Do you want to go like by conference and pull things out? Because I, I, the problem is you'll lead because remember I watch all of these out of context. I watch all of them randomly throughout the week at work, so I don't know who went where and at what times. I watched them all at my lunch breaks like every day at work, so I'm like I don't know who went first or what was happening. I just watched it when I could. Well, I don't mean like who went first, but like hey, out of the Ubisoft conference, this oh, is okay. the stuff yeah, I got sure. super hyped for. Yeah. Well, we'll start off like there because it's it's first on my list. Uh, so Ubisoft conference. There wasn't a whole lot of meat on the bone here for me, but this is the one where I told you pre-show, they showed off something that, it's a game I would never play, I would never pick up, but then they showed off something that looked so ridiculously fun and awesome. A Riders Republic. They were showing off snowboard gameplay, like driving, mountain biking, all kinds of stuff, and I was like, okay, an extreme sports game, not for me. And then they showed like the wingsuit flying through these freaking amazingly detailed environments at crazy top speeds, you know, following canyons and going under arches and stuff. And then the wingsuit had like jetpack things on the side so you could do crazy races. I was looking at that and just going, oh my God, that looks phenomenal. All the rest of this, don't care. No offense, but not, not my kind of stuff. But flying as a wingsuit man in first person view, going through these ridiculous environments. I had to say something on the show that it looked super awesome. If you didn't watch any of that stuff, watch at least that and get hyped and get excited. You don't need to watch that. That's boring, man. You know, snowboarding crap, whatever. I said not the snowboarding stuff. The the two you need to pay attention to here are Mario and Rabbids, Star of Hope. I knew you would say this. Sparks of of Hope. You don't even know what it's called. Get out of here. I get it confused because it uses the stars, obviously, if you don't know. And so I keep saying stars because that's what the whole game's about is getting these and getting new abilities with the stars, etc. And then that's the spin off your classic Mario Rabbids tactical RPG. Mm -hmm. Now, I never, here, spoiler, never finished Kingdom Battles. I'm probably at the last, the one before the last dungeon area or whatever that is. It's a hard-ass game, Okay. And I refuse to go easy mode, but that's a hard-ass game. So I'm stumped right now, been stumped for a while. I pick it up every once in a while and then go through like another stage. And then, of course, have to spend multiple hours on it because I'm rusty, hence why it's taking forever. But it's a fantastic game. And just seeing this and that they're collaborating again, I was like, oh, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm so glad that Nintendo let you know someone else take a, their product and incorporate it with their own, and that they came up with something that was actually awesome and that people really enjoyed and want to be a part of. That's even more surprising because a lot of time the crossovers are just a flash in the pan and they disappear and it's usually never anything. So it's cool to see that. And the other one, of course, which I'll talk about a little bit more with the Xbox showcase, but Far Cry 6. Yeah. You know, this is one I already own. So I have no real stake in the, you know, stake in the games. I got it as part of the uh, package when I bought, you know, all the upgrades for my PC and whatnot. So now I'm paying attention to this one. And I'm like, man, this is good. This is good. And Ubisoft's trailer was, you know, it was okay. It didn't really, like, get me going crazy. But it was still like, I like this, you know, I like this actor. I like what's happening. Cool beans. I'm on board here, I guess. It did get me going like it's crazy. Because not just the Far Cry 6 stuff, but they went, hey, you remember all the awesome villains we've had all through the franchise, Uh who are the actual best part of any of our games. Hey, we're doing DLCs with all of them. You play as all of them. It's like trippy, weird stuff is happening to you after the villains are dead, but maybe before or like visions of when they're dead, like crazy stuff. And then at the very end of all that, I went, yeah, that's pretty awesome. And then they went, hey, also, Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon is here. I literally said on the podcast, 
last week or the week before, they could just blood dragon it. Just do, that's when we're talking about being the sis. Mm-hmm. Just blood dragon it and do another game. Look, blood dragon. It was shown off again. I was proven right. Blood Dragon's awesome and amazing, and they should just every company should just make Blood Dragon type games, standalone, small adventures for a cheap price tag. Awesome. Yes, I got hyped. God bless. So that was it for me. You know, I watched that and I was sold. I really want to play, you know, some Far Cry 6 now. Mm-hmm. And a little bit later, like I said, the other trailer they showed for Far Cry 6 really got me stoked. You know, the gameplay, doing all sorts of cool stuff. That mm-hmm. was awesome. The weird, like, battle chicken that you can sick on yes, people. Yes, oh my God. Battle the chicken little, was the, all, little, little spikes around his collar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was so good. Oh, so that was it for me for Ubisoft. You know, nothing else really got me going for them. I was like, okay, okay, cool. I feel like that was another weird one because they had a trailer for like a werewolves movie in it. I'm like, but this is E3 for games. The movie looked silly and fun, but it was just a strange one. Like games, games, movie. Also games and games. I'm like, but hmm, confusing. And of course they got like Rainbow Six Extraction, but I've never been a big fan of any of those, so... I was going to say that looked really cool, but it's not going to be for me because I've never played Siege and I'm not going to understand what any of the operators do. Like I looked at it and I went, look, it's Left 4 Dead-ish, but with specialty operators. That sounds awesome, but I'm not going to be able to play it. Uh-huh. I agree. But I didn't really get any big info on, like, I was hoping for, like, a Division 3 announcement. And even though I know they're supporting Division 2 with the DLC later this year, I was still kind of hoping for something big on that front. And uh, then I was also hoping for... They had some kind of other thing going on with Division. There's something else they're doing with Division. They didn't mention it, and so I was like, oh, okay, well, no Division news. That's it for me. Ubisoft. So what's up next? What do you got next, Eric? Oh, God, man. I don't know, man. I, just got, I did the I first one. You intro the next one. I got all, these... all right, let's get one out of the way right now. Square Enix. Okay. I have one all thing right. listed for that. <laughs> uh, Square Enix completely failed me today. Or as of the day I watched it, you know, whatever. <laughs> Man, th- I got real hyped for a minute because they were like, oh, we got this brand new origin story for Final Fantasy 1. Mm-hmm. You know, Garland's going to be in there, all this good stuff. And that was, and then later I learned that it's going to be by uh, the Ninja Gaiden folks or whatever. Uh, oh, yeah. The Team, Team Ninja. Ninja. Team Ninja. Team Ninja, yeah. their logo was up there. And I was like, oh, okay, that's strange. And then, oh, we're going to do a Souls like. And I said, well, maybe it'll be a half souls like, you know, not like full souls like Jedi Fallen Order. Right. And then they show the trailer, which was super weird to me. Uh, didn't really strike me as like a Final Fantasy game at all. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, it was just them like big, big attacks, big movements, and a lot of screaming and yelling. Mm-hmm. And I, I just wasn't sold. I was totally just like, oh. This looks like a bargain bin or just like go watch Rad Brad play it or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> I will say the disappointing thing for me for Square Enix, I wasn't expecting anything. I wasn't really hyped or looking forward to anything. The Pixel Remaster trailer for the original Final Fantasies. Yeah. And I went, okay, let me see it. And then they went, coming sometime to mobile and Steam. And I went, yeah. Oh. I was hyped because oh. anytime you look for... Final Fantasy VI on Steam or anywhere, one of my favorite games ever made. It's always that weird 3D where like the it's like redone pixels and it doesn't mm-hmm. it's not the game that I played. Or the interface, the menus are all haggard and jankety and just look like amateur hour. 
So I wanted to see something really cool from that. And especially if it was going to be like a bundle price. I mean, it's Square Enix, so I'm sure it'll be like $90 when it comes out. But you could do all of those. Pixel remaster, you know, redone to fit your phone or your computer for $10, $20, $15. Bucks. Would have been awesome. But I didn't get to see any of it. So I was hyped and then immediately disappointed. Well, they showed nothing. Then they said Steam and mobile only. Yeah. I don't want to play it on Steam. I don't want to play it on mobile. And then the other one, they're all going to be sold separately. Really? You're going to take these 40 freaking thousand year old games and still try to milk all the money you can out of them? You can't just bundle them together for 60 bucks and call it a day? It is Square Enix, man. They release busted ports of old games for 40 bucks. That's terrible. That's terrible. I will still say if, which they won't be, if they're five bucks a piece, I'll still buy them. Four, five, and six at least, mm-hmm. I'll buy those. Oh, and yeah. I'll play them on Steam because I've been playing that Ace Attorney game on my PC. But I will I will still play through those three again if they're five bucks. If they're 20 bucks, nope. Emulation, sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go emulate it if I ever have to play that bad. Yeah. That's just the truth of it. They didn't show anything I wanted. You know, the the hype moment would have been Chrono Break, which was, you know, Chrono Trigger Part 3, which right. that, that's a pipe dream. You know, even I know that one. But that's the hype moment. Didn't happen. Okay, well, that's fine. Show me something on FF16. Nope. 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 Dead silent. This game that you do have, that you are making, that you've already showcased some cool stuff for, that you could have brought easily and got everyone excited excited and riled up. No, we're just going to leave that in the dust for this showing. And I went, oh. And what was the other one? There was one more game they showed. Well, they showed Guardians of the Galaxy. That was the big thing. Oh, yeah, it was the big one. But there was another one, which we could talk about that for just a second. But Guardians of the Galaxy looked okay, right? I mean, I thought it was all right. I will say I liked the first trailer they showed where it was no gameplay, just story and, and comedic bits here and there. I loved it. I was like, you know, it's weird seeing the characters look different from how I know them. But the the attitude was there. The lines were there. It was cool. And then they started showing the gameplay. And obviously, it's not finished. It's not released. But I just went, ah, that that just looks okay. You know, I, I want to play it because it's fun characters that I enjoy. And to get the banter back and forth and the kind of like telltale decision system that was there, I thought that was kind of neat. Mm-hmm. But then when I was watching the battles, it wasn't viscerally exciting to me, which it should be. You can fly around and shoot double guns and slide and do things. It just wasn't there. It was like Mass Effect, not Mass Effect 3, um, I'm thinking Dragon Age 3. It's kind of like everything was just happening and you could just tab over and, and like, oh, I need you to do an ice bolt right now. And then they do an ice bolt. But otherwise, they'd just be doing whatever and you're yeah. just controlling uh, you know, your main character and flying around doing stuff. Mm-hmm. like. I didn't mind that. For me, that's fine. Kind of like FF15's combat as well, which is what everybody's been bringing up. And I I was down with that one. So the combat wasn't an issue for me. I agree with you. It wasn't anything like... It didn't make me go, oh, this is it. This is the jam. Yeah. But I did like the text choices. Mm -hmm. I liked how you could, you know, yeah, throw a rocket. Oh, no, don't throw a rocket. And then the coolest part for me was it would say right under after your decision, hey, you decided to throw a rocket. Later on, you're screwed when he when you would have done something else. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, what did I just screw myself on later on? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I get to be screwed later on for this decision or vice versa. Oh, he's going to actually be kind to me later in the game. I wonder what that means. What, what event's going to happen that would have been different now? To kind of create your own adventure, that's yeah. pretty cool. But don't mistake anything. They did say the ending's going to be the ending. So you're not going to, you're not, you're not racing towards all these different endings. It will all end up 
accumulate to the same thing. It's just your journey there will be a little bit different. Well, that's 90% of games. That's yeah. this Mass Effect 3. You add one of three innings, and no matter mm-hmm. what you do, you're going to get hey, well, I'm, Don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining. I'm fine with it. I don't like <laughs> – I'm not a fan of multiple innings myself. I hate multiple innings because then I'm stressed out and I have anxiety, and then I try to get them all, and it just – I like one ending. I like how this is where you get to have a different adventure, so I get to be like, oh, I chose to go help uh, Greenbeard. Oh, you killed him? Oh, crazy. If you kept him alive, he was like, da 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 And then you meet this other character who you could have had as a team player. But I like the ending to be the same. I don't, I don't like to have to go, oh, you got to be married to Yulio, uh, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's not really the kind of game that would have multiple branching paths anyway. So anybody who is expecting that, I don't know where that would have come from. But I like multiple endings. I like playing my character. My character gets my ending. That's what mm-hmm. I like. Well, there you go. Uh, the last one from Square, and if this wasn't from Square, correct me. I, I could be wrong. Okay, it was Babylon's Fall. That was Square, yeah. Yeah. These are the guys who made Nier Automata. Mm-hmm. I was thinking they were going to make a crazy cool game. This game looked like trash. But you you haven't seen anything yet, though. The, it looked bad. The, the frame rate was terrible in it. Yeah, and that's what I'm hoping is just that the trailer itself was kind of janky or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because I was watching, I'm like, oh my gosh, it looks like I'm playing on the PS3, like early PS3 game or something here. But it's also, it's not even anywhere close to release either. Which is another thing that's crazy though, Matt. Come on, they've been talking about Babylon's Fall for four plus years. I, this is the first I've ever heard of it. Oh yeah, four plus years, dude. This game's been talked about. You're too close to it then, eh? It's, uh, this is a Gearbox this is... situation. You know too much about uh... it. You expected too much. I knew absolutely nothing and I went... Well, that, that trailer looks rough, but it's not showing me anything. Like, I don't know anything about the story or the uh-huh. actual gameplay. I don't know nothing. So once I see more, then I'll be able to say, man, it looks like trash. How'd they spend 40 plus years on this? Four years. And so far, it's a trailer with graphics from the early PS3. And the game looks strange to me. Like, before, it looked like this vast open world and was colorful. And this one looks like you're inside this dirty old arena. And I was just like... What the hell's going on? I don't understand what's happening to this game. So I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take your advice. I'm backing away from it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna forget about it until it comes out. I'm not gonna look at it again. I watched the trailer twice. The first time I went, "Am I supposed to know what this is?" Because it didn't show or teach me anything. And then I went back in to watch it again, and I still I got the same impression from it. I didn't get anything. So I'll wait to hear more. I'll wait to see actual, like actual physical human gameplay of it. I just wanted to bring it up because it's from a game, you know, it's from creators of a game we both love. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, man, it's something we should both be seeing or paying attention to. And I don't know. I don't know about all this. I'm like, so I'm jumping in here because you said, man, Matt, right before the show, I got all this list of games I'm so excited oh, for. Yeah. And what have we done the whole time? I hate this game. This, this presentation sucked. Boo. Sucked butt. I don't like it. No, I'm jumping Ubisoft in. had a great one. What are you talking about? I'm jumping in. I'm saying, because you don't have anything else to say on Capcom, the great Ace Attorney Chronicles looks freaking phenomenal. Looks fantastic. What I love is, obviously, these are... I think these are regular DS games that didn't come out, or at least one of them is. And now everything is touched up with literally the animations from the 3DS games. And it looks, you know, 10 times better because now it's on a console. But seeing the characters move, like the expressive way that they do in the 3DS games, because the DS games, it was 2D static portraits. They'd 
bounced back and forth from one portrait to the other based on the voice line. But when it went to 3DS, they got so expressive, you could see them animate and move because they were 3D models. So seeing that here in a super touched up, crisp and clean console release, and then the two systems where you could pit the jurors against each other, and then just the, the back and forth detective battle with Herlock Sholmes was beautiful. It's everything I love in Ace Attorney games. You're basically doing a, a cross-examination system in the examination phase, which is something you never did. It made me so happy. Seeing the characters move and, hear, and hearing the voices of the characters when they weren't talking, like the, the beeps and boops, those are the beeps and boops that Phoenix Wright and Maya make. And now these characters are doing it too. It just felt I was at home. I was wrapped up in a little snuggly blanket. I was sipping on cocoa and they were patting my head going, welcome home, sir. And I went, oh, yeah, yeah. Anybody who knows, knows. That's the beeps and boops. They sound different for different people who talk. And oh, man, perfect. It was amazing. It was great. Oh, goodness, man. I don't, you know, the one game I want to mention because, you know, we're running out of time. There's so many games I, I want to talk about here. There's a whole page it's we haven't so, even touched I, I on. Know, a whole page I haven't even got to. This is crazy. I don't even know what conference it was. I think it was the Xbox one. Replaced. Yeah. God. I almost missed this game. All right? Because I didn't watch all of Xboxes at first. All right? Because it had already come out. IGN said all the need to knows of Xbox conference. So I said, I'm cheating. I'm just going to watch no, the, the highlights. No. And it showcased the highlights. Halo Infinite, etc. And then I was, while I was watching some other one, the YouTube did me a favor and it had up on the top one replaced. And I'm like, what the hell is this? It says E3, you know, trailer, da 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 da, 2021. And I went, well, I mean, what the hell, right? I got, I got five more minutes and I popped it on. Damn. Yeah. I don't even know who the hell Sad Cat Studios is. That's the Yahoo's who developed it or even the publisher, Coatsing. I have never heard of either of them. I have no idea. All I know is when I watched this, I went, yeah, yeah, this game, it's a 2.5D adventure, super like cyberpunky future dark noir kind of deal going on, and you look like you're some kind of just just bashed up dude who's just at the end of his rope and he's a badass freaking... At first, I didn't understand because it kind of shows him like running through the woods and like weird cyborg creature things chasing him. So I thought this was going to be kind of some kind of like weird, uh, this horror game, you know, like you're going to be escaping and it's going to be dark and weird. And then all of a sudden you're in this like neon dark city raining and you're just beating the shit out of these dudes. And I'm like, okay, now this and the music the whole time was just, mm-hmm. I just wanted to turn it up. And I just was like, oh, I'm jamming. and this is it. This is me. I'm going to go back out on the floor. I'm going to break all my workmates, arms and legs, just like this guy did. This is great. Oh yeah. I was vibing with it, man. I was feeling it. I was like replaced. <laughs> Put me in your belly. I 100% agree with you. On everything you just said, but I'm terrified. Because if you remember, two or three years ago, when we did E3, there was this really awesome cyberpunk game where you were like a detective trying to find stuff, and the lighting was the best I've ever seen in any game, and it looked amazing. Like 2.5D adventure game, you're going around interrogating people, and it looked so amazing, and it was called The Last Night, and it has never come out ever. Never came out. Never came out. I am terrified that that's going to happen to this game. Obviously, it's a totally different game, totally different studio, totally different everything, but The Last Night was during the Xbox showcase also that year. Please, for the love of God, replaced. You have to come out. You have to be good. You have, you have to, to be a real game. You have to be a real game. Yeah. And just a quick side note. 
Witchfire. What happened to Witchfire? I never even heard of this game. What's this game you talking yes, about? Yes, it was. It was the cool game. You're right, man. That's it. I don't know. It doesn't exist. It's a game that does exist. We're going <laughs> to forget about it. I got one last one because there's nothing much for you to say on it, but Xbox Showcase. I was like, well, I'll have to watch it the next day because I was at my mom's house you know, doing laundry, doing lunch and stuff, and I was sitting there, and she went, well, I'm going to step out of the room for a little bit. I'm going to go do something outside. I went, okay. I pulled up my phone, and I went... Twitter, show me the live feed of the E3. And it was the end of the Age of Empires trailer. And I went, okay, Age of Empires, cool, not for me. You know, never a series I've been into. And then it started. And it started, oh, man, in a world. And there was the narrator voice guy talking about the trailer. Oh, will this creature ever be in the game? No, say goodbye to it forever. Bwah, you know that bwah noise means we gotta fly over a planet and see our main character from the back, but only in silhouette because nobody's decided that this and that and the other things. It was so cool. And I went, this is hilarious. What game is this for? And they went, the only thing we've decided on is the name, and a shadow came down. And when that moon man got revealed, I put my hands up in the air, I pumped my fists so hard for the Outer Worlds 2. I watched this trailer again like two days ago, to just get hyped for it all over again, I literally got chills. I have chills right now. I have goosebumps. My hair standing up on my arms. That trailer was so awesome and funny. And the Outer Worlds is so was obviously is so damn good. I loved playing it all this year. Uh, Outer Worlds two is now announced. When that music hit, I lost my I lost my shit. I freaked out. I tweeted out about it. Yes, the Outer Worlds two. I'm so goddamn excited. You thought I had nothing to say, but I'll tell you what. When this trailer came out, and see, unlike you, I knew who exactly what this game was. Like, mm-hmm. instantly, I went, this is the same vibe as Outer Worlds original. I know these guys. I know Obsidian. Here we go. Man, I got to play it now, Matt. I got to go yeah. play Outer Worlds, and then I got to play the DLC, and then I got to play Outer Worlds too because I'm just like, this is some cool schnips right here. This, I'm vibing with. I feel it. I feel like I need to be a part of this world for the one or two conversations I'll have with you about it. Mm-hmm. No one else, but I need to have it and I need to do it. So, yes, I do have something to say. You did your job out of Worlds 2 trailer. You converted a human being. And if you converted one, you probably converted ten. So you did good. And I thought it was just amazing that this random point in the day, the three minutes that I had access to the phone to watch it live, boom, it was out of Worlds 2 time. Fantastic. Amazing. It's tied to me forever. I will forever be tied to the Outer Worlds. Amazing. And there's so many more. There's Look so at all many. these. Redfall, Trek to Yuma, Inscription, uh, Metroid Dread, Freaking Battlefield, minutes. 2042, 12 Hell, minutes. Hell, Microsoft River Flight City Simulator. Girls. Did you see it? Mario Kart, I mean, Super <laughs> Rust, Wolf, WarioWare, <laughs> Freaking Advance Wars is back. I know. God, uh, Jesus. There's too much. All right, everybody. I, I We can't keep going, though. Next week, you know what we got to do or whatever? We ain't, we ain't doing nothing. We're just talking about the rest of this. That's yeah. what we're doing. There ain't no intros. There ain't nothing. I went from page one to page three. I haven't even touched page two other than two items on it, and the page is full. And I yeah. still have stuff on page three to talk about. I know. I know. I'm and here, I'm and sure we, we, got all, we got all the bad stuff out of the way. Now it's just going to be super just, hyped next week. Just the just hypes. Just drooling the hypes. and just spitting all over the microphone and everything. What about you out there in podcast listener land? What are you excited for? What did you watch that you didn't like so much? But what else are you super hyped for? 
Let us know via the email, thirdshiftme at gmail.com, on the Twitter machine at thirdshiftme, and find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Damn it. Woo! You can find us over there on that Facebook. You can also find us over at Patreon. Like what you're doing. Like what you hear. Consider throwing a buck, two bucks, three bucks, five bucks, any kind of bucks. It helps us out. Keeps the lights on. Pays the bills. Podbean says, hey, where's that money at? If we don't give the money, they say, you ain't on the internet. I don't know how they control the internet, but somehow they do, and we got to pay them. It's weird. It's crazy. But that's the way it goes. So... It'd be super appreciated if y'all headed over and did that. If you can't, that's fine. Hey, mailbag questions. Hey, answer some of our uh, requests from you on the whole daily show. So that way we can talk back at you at the next podcast. All that kind of stuff is awesome. And we super duper appreciate it. Wait, I'm jumping in. Are you even going to be around for the next podcast? You'll be camping land Jones. I'm, be, I'm in camping land Jones. We got to figure out some kind of shenanigans is what we got to do. I know what we got to do. Yeah. That's I know what we got to do. do. Yes. So well, that's what we got to do, but we'll be back in your ear holes for the very next episode on the 24th, whatever it is. Whenever it's going to drop, it might drop early, it might drop late. Who knows? It'll be up to me at my own discretion. But you can find that episode on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, hey, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. We super duper appreciate it, just like them five-star reviews. Get over there, give us a five-star review. You know, and it's just while you're positive off E3, consider that a thing. You know what I mean? Be happy about it. Be happy about us. Give us that five-star to rocket us up into the moon, where we then can talk more about video games and have a great time. Just consider it. All right? See ya. There's still stuff on page one I haven't talked about. I forgot I about know. it. We covered the big stuff that we didn't talk about. I mean, Halo Infinite could be a show on its own. I mean, there's too much here. Then we didn't talk about Devolver at all. Oh, oh we haven't even got to Devolver. I mean, uh-huh. holy crap. <laughs> so until the next time when we're going to do all these things, it'll be a 16-hour episode. There's nothing else to say, but... Sit down.